Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. The Q&A portion yesterday in the impeachment trial, and it will resume in about an hour here, uh, day two of it, the final day, um, had some predictably asinine, stupid questions asked by both sides. Again, making you look at some of the senators, people elected, going, oh, I don't think we're sending our best. Um, but uh, Arizona, our two senators, Cinema and McSally, both passed uh, uh, written questions to Chief Justice Roberts uh, and got their questions Asked. Yeah, Senator uh, Martha McSally actually asked a lot of questions. And when I say she asked a lot of questions, she asked a lot of the same questions as other senators. So they grouped them all together because they're not going to ask the same question over and over and over again. And that's so if there are like six senators that are in essence asking the same question, all six of the names will be read. But the one question will be asked once. And Chief Justice Roberts gets to do that um Weeding out. Well, the consolidation. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so McSally asked a ton of questions. Here's just one of which her name was attached to. Take a listen. The senators ask of counsel for the president, is the standard for impeachment in the House a lower threshold to meet than the standard for conviction in the Senate? And have the House managers met their evidentiary burden to support a vote of removal? Of course, the House is not making a final determination in the structure of the Constitution An impeachment is simply an accusation. And as in most systems where there is simply an accusation being made, uh, the House does not have to adhere to the same standard that is used in the Senate. Okay. That's true. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, it is a different standard. And by the way, it's a different process. Mm -hmm. Very uh, different process. um, Yeah. I, I would argue kind of stating the obvious, but yeah. Okay. And there was a lot of kind of stating the obvious. I mean, when you had senators... Most of the time, at least yesterday, we'll see if it's any different today. They were asking, Democrats were asking questions to the House managers that were supporting the House manager's position. Softball, underhand questions. It it wasn't what I anticipated, I'll be honest with you. Really? It's not what I anticipated. And maybe it just goes to show, you know, I I still have hope and and faith in in life and in our lawmakers. I don't know why, but I do. Mm -hmm. That... You know, Democrats would really challenge Republicans on their viewpoints and Republicans would really challenge the Democrats on what they're saying. That's what I wanted to hear. You said this. I believe this. Tell me why it's different. You did get a little bit. Not of a that. ton. No, no, not, not a ton. ton. You, I mean, and for eight hours, you had but a handful of questions and answers. Like two. That there were ninety three questions yesterday. Not, oh, you didn't count. Ninety three. Que- neither did I. I was told ninety three questions. I can come down to like two, two or three that I thought were okay. That's a good question. And by the way, a lot of the good questions eight hours. didn't have good answers, and that's how you know it was a good question. But I mean, that's what I'm getting at. In eight hours, two to yeah. three. Good question. So was was Senator Cinema's question a good question? Oh, well, here it is. In these instances, the receiving countries knew the funds were being withheld. No, that was Hold on a second. Let, let's go back over to here. Let's see where it picks up. Hold on. In these instances, no, the receiving countries knew the funds were being withheld to change behavior and further publicly stated American policy. Why, when the administration withheld the Ukrainian security assistance, did it not notify Congress or make Ukraine or partner countries publicly aware of the hold 
and the steps needed to resolve the hold. And I think that in all of those instances that were listed in the question, it was clear that withholding the aid was meant to send a signal. It was done publicly, and it was meant to send a signal to the country. I think that in the testimony before the House here, Ambassador Volker made clear that he and others hoped that the hold would not become public because they did not want there to be any signal to the Ukrainians or to others. The the pre-part of of Senator Sinema's question was that uh, the administration held up foreign aid to the Northern Triangle countries, remember during the border crisis, and to Afghanistan last year alone. And in both of those instances, in uh, in in holding foreign aid, uh, you know, as a as a threat, um, there was a lawful procedure that was followed. Congress was notified and the affected countries knew you're not getting this money unless you do blank. The question is, why did you do that this time? What? What behavior were you trying to change by withholding the money? And if the if the country that was having the money withheld didn't know, how could they change their behavior? Well, they weren't trying to change behavior. They were trying to get a public announcement of an investigation. Here's here's the thing. When it comes to the Arizona delegation in the Senate, Martha McSally, I believe, is going to vote to acquit. All right. Senator Sinema. I don't know. You really you think she's a maybe? Well, she's kept everything so closely guarded to her chest. She could split the articles, to be honest with you. I think oh, that's quite okay. possible. Now, will she vote for witnesses? I believe she would vote for witnesses. And we're going to see how that all plays out. But I ask you this, Bruce. I'm ready. What do you think Senator McCain would have asked? Ooh. I, I think Senator McCain would have asked some pretty tough questions. You know, and, uh, and- of the White House. And that's where I genuinely miss him. I genuinely miss the seeing both sides of the coin maverick of Senator McCain, someone who was not afraid to stand up to this administration, who is a true conservative. And I think that that's a problem that the Republicans have right now is folks who who say that they're conservative and they're not. No, I think that you've got a lot of Republicans that know what the president did was wrong. They talk about it with reporters yeah. off the record. Yeah. But yet when the microphones get shoved in front of their faces and when they're asked to comment on it, they're afraid to say anything they're different. They're afraid of mean tweets. Senator McCain was not, not afraid, afraid of, of, mean, of tweets. mean tweets. I just and that's watched why the I, documentary about his time in the Hanoi right? and he is not afraid of mean was not afraid of mean tweets. But here's one of the problems that you run into that senators on both sides of the aisle would have so much more credibility if only they weren't on record, if only there wasn't literally video of them arguing the exact opposite position of the one they're arguing today, that they don't have principles. They but, I mean, don't goes, have morals but, and beliefs. The they that, have a blind loyalty ways. to, I, I, I said uh, yeah, both okay, sides, okay. they have a blind loyalty to a political party, and whatever is in the best interest of the political party, they justify, which means you don't actually have any beliefs, morals, or values. It's sad, but true. 
and you could just go to the tape of Democrats during the Clinton impeachment yes. that are saying the exact same things that Republicans Literally. are saying during the Trump impeachment. Yes, uh, it's exact same. And what boggles my mind is, is at the same time, I mean, Democrats opened the door for this kind of behavior now because of the way they behaved during the Clinton impeachment. Okay. And but Republicans have been, hold on. Republicans you know had had the, the, the this this stance during the Clinton impeachment about our founding fathers and the constitution and and I'm supposed to believe now that they think that all of what they believed uh you know those many years ago has changed like our founding fathers perspective on the constitution has changed from the 90s until today you've got to be kidding me yeah no, I, I listen. The, the the hypocrisy knows no bounds. I do agree with you that if Senator McCain were alive today, I think that he would be a very so, different grounding. voice in the Senate. You know, and that's the thing. I, I I miss the grounding, the the level headed, the. I see both sides of this, and and I'd like to hear. You know, oh gosh, I'd, I'd so love to hear what he would think about this yeah. because. He he was he was that kind of force that I respected so much and I think is so absent in what we are experiencing today. Yeah. How many uh, Americans, not you guys, I already know this, not you guys, but how many Americans think that the coronavirus has something to do with beer? <laughs> I Specifically laugh, Corona beer. But, but it's scary but true. Scary but true. Yeah. Let's talk about scary nose. but true. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Um, maybe we need to clarify this right off the bat, Pamela. You cannot get, nor are you in any way, shape, or form susceptible to contracting the coronavirus by drinking or being around Corona beer. Phew! Wow, I was a little afraid there for a while. I like me some Corona. Yeah. Yeah. Coronavirus contains no Corona. But that doesn't stop people from believing it does. Yeah. Think about this. Oh, my goodness. You have got this new outbreak that has scared a lot of people. And and, and I get the concern. You've got the World Health Organization deciding whether or not they've got to make an emergency declaration today. You've got planes that aren't going to China anymore. You're seeing these headlines everywhere. It can get scary. And people are going, well, how can I get it? You can't get it. From Corona beer. Google searches for Corona beer have skyrocketed since news of the coronavirus outbreak broke. The two are not related in any way, by the way. But that has not stopped people from Googling the beer from Mexico now in record numbers. It's not just Googling the beer. It's not like, oh, they're talking about a coronavirus. Hey, I want to go put a lime in a Corona and kick back with a cold one. No, it's not like marketing, so to speak. Oh, yeah, now I really want a beer. This is what people are searching, Bruce. Searches for Corona beer virus jumped 2,300 percent. And Business virus. Insider reports that searches for beer virus and beer, beer coronavirus virus. also shot up. Listen, let's get one thing perfectly straight. And I'm the non-drinker around here, but I've been around people that have caught the beer virus. Okay, and <laughs> usually it, 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 it involves, uh, unlike. The coronavirus, which is flu-like symptoms, right, and respiratory issues. The corona beer virus involves making bad decisions. I love you, man. 
Uh, <laughs> it, it involves eating Taco Bell at two in the morning, possibly, and waking up next to people where you don't know who, who they are. So the Corona <laughs> beer Jeez. virus, very different from Corona flu virus. Very different. Okay. Very different. But that's not the only stupid thing. No, but, but wait. But wait, there's, there's more. more. Yeah. There are actually pictures. Oh, my. Because I wouldn't believe it if it wasn't. We have pictures at airports around the world of folks who are doing what they think they need to do to, oh quote, shield themselves from the coronavirus. And some of this looks like you, you are going to remove yourself from the gene pool alone. Yeah. OK, so th- th- picture this. Like you you walk down any Valley grocery store aisle and, and you, get to, you, know, you get to the water aisle. Yeah. And I'm not talking about like the the jug of water, the gallon water that looks like, you know, it's a milk gallon. But it, it's just it's like the straight side big bottle that you can like, buy. Like the one you it's for a water dispenser. You might have at work. Those big uh, I think it's five not gallons. Not all of them. Yeah, not all of them. Some of them are just but a little bit big. different. Some are big. You cut off the bottom of it. Got it. Literally, I'm talking about a big water jug. Big plastic jug. You cut off the bottom of? Yeah. And stick it on your head. Literally, that's what I'm looking at. People with water bottles with the bottom cut off stuck over their head. How about this? But wait, there's more. There's always more. One guy was wearing a motorcycle helmet (laughs) that he believed on a flight from Shanghai to Perth, Australia, that he thought would... Protect. You know, these other these other photos just go to show like the panic and the level that some people are going to. I mean, this isn't just the masks that, you know, you can't seem to buy anywhere anymore. No. You get to another family that have absolutely wrapped themselves in like plastic. I don't know what bags, plastic sheeting. Look at this. So like, you know, any parent out there, you know, if you want to put your stroller in a big bag, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. so that it doesn't get marked up or damaged when it's being transported via the airport. You get like a big grocery, you get a big like garbage bag. What they've done is gotten like clear, huge garbage bags. Right. And in one, they've done what they always tell you not to do. They've stuck their child. Do not. In a big Put this over your head. bag. So the, so the kid's sitting in a stroller. I want you to picture this. Kid's in stroller. He's wearing one of those masks. You know. Of course. And then there is what can only be described as a clear 35-gallon trash bag. That is over him and the stroller, like a like the boy in the bubble. By the way, neither oh the my. mask or the boy in the bubble act have anything to do with you contracting the coronavirus. Okay, so we have now got, just so we're clear at home, coronavirus contains no corona beer, and people are searching for beer virus. Oh, God. Okay. We've got people cutting out the bottoms of huge water bottles and sticking them on their heads. We've got families that are wrapping their entire family in plastic before they go to... This is all usually like in China here. You've got a woman who's got a shower cap on because... That's going to make a difference. You got helmet head because we got the motorcycle helmet going. Guy wearing a motorcycle and then did you see? Helmet. Did you see the one here where a person like kind of made their own version of a gas mask? Okay, so again, you have to go back to the big the bottle. big plastic water bottle over their head, and then they took two smaller water water bottles, Pamela. And like you've seen the World War II gas mask, right, with those those like uh, filters right there on your cheeks. He took two other water bottles, cut the bottom off that. Put cloth around the end of them because cloth will stop the coronavirus and has two breathing tubes. And, and you know what? Who are you people? Uh, not the brightest bulbs in the box. That's who you are. And, and these are people that obviously are scared, but are doing nothing to get any additional information as to how to truly protect themselves. Don't. 
put a plastic bag over you or your child's head. It literally says on the plastic bags, don't put this over your head. And it won't stop you from getting the coronavirus. Redonk. You guys know what goes good with the coronavirus? What? What? Lyme disease. Oh, jeez. He's got a million of them. This guy? Producer Stevie Z over there. <sighs> got a million of them. Jeez. Turn off his mic. So forget about the uh, the marijuana, the weed. Heck, it's practically legal everywhere. Is it time to decriminalize shrooms? Ooh, but I don't know about mushrooms. I suppose we're going to learn it next on Arizona's News Station. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Uh, it seems that certain communities or states or cities have moved on from marijuana. Now that it is legal in many places, recreationally as well as medicinally, uh, what is next up? Count me as one that is slightly surprised and curious. I don't know what I don't know about mushrooms, shrooms, magic mushrooms. What are we calling them? Well, uh, yeah, wh- whatever you want to call them. Uh, uh, what what shocked me last night while I was doing my, my research, my show prep research, was this headline I came across, Bruce. Santa Cruz is the latest U.S. city to decriminalize magic mushrooms. Okay. There's a lot in there. Yeah. So they've now decriminalized shrooms? Okay, that's point number one. What about the latest? That's the other. And I'm As like, in Wait. there's others. So digging a little deeper, okay. I did not know that they are now the third city behind Oakland and Denver. That have decriminalized... Psychedelic mushrooms. Psychedelic... I admit, again, I mean, I... Being the straight edge around here, I add magic mushrooms to the list of things I've never done. I don't understand. Well, okay, okay. so I dove a little deeper into this because it's not. It doesn't mean it's legal. It just means it's like the lowest priority for city police. They're not going to. They're not going to throw you in cuffs for it. And when I go, okay, you got three cities uh, that have now decriminalized it. Is is that a good thing? And. Next to this, I found an article on psychedelics and mental health shows that there's a lot of potential. Hmm. So I read this article, which then leads me to, oh my goodness, I cannot believe I'm admitting this on the air, but I will. Watching the Netflix series, the first episode of Gwyneth Paltrow's new Goop Lab series on Netflix. Now, when you say Goop and Gwyneth Paltrow... I think of like kind of hey wow hippie stuff. Yeah, and there is some hey wow hippie stuff in here. Okay, okay. Most definitely. But they also have a lot of researchers and scientists in it, which is interesting. In the very first episode, some of the goop members, like, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. employees, go down to, I think it's Jamaica. There's like five of them. Got it. And with therapists around, they drink a mushroom tea. Okay, like so I, didn't, I didn't know that you could get it in tea form. So that's what I'm looking at right now. Okay. I'm like, oh, okay, so that's how it's you done. You can have magic mushroom tea. And, and, and it, it shows like what all they, they've gone through. And They're doing it like a research project almost. Sure, but there's it's also spliced together with a couple of people. There There is a uh, combat veteran from Iraq okay. who was there for a year who had severe PTSD when he came back. Got it. And he was part of a clinical trial with MDMA. Uh, I think that's like Molly. Oh, okay. I've heard both of those. I didn't know it was the same thing. And, God, I need to learn more and about that. And it um and it was really striking 
what had happened with him. Now, again, this isn't a clinical setting. So this isn't like you've got your whistle, your glow stick, and you're out at the club, you know, on Friday night. This isn't a clinical setting where... They they got the right dosage for him, however you figure that out, I don't know. But it allowed his body not to react to the trauma he'd gone through. It allowed just his mind, and then he had a therapist there with him that was helping him talk through it. Interesting. And the way he described it, which was just so fascinating to me, was this treatment has not only given me my life back, but it is... It means my son still has a dad because he had suicidal ideation coming back from the PTSD and war. It seems that not just these anecdotal stories, but some of the research in it, that there may be medicinal therapeutic benefits to mushrooms or the chemical contained in them. Psilocybin. Is that what you're looking at me to say? Psilocybin? Whatever she just said. Um, But this sounds a heck of a lot like what we heard with marijuana early on, right? That that. It can help people where, let's say, pharmaceuticals, prescriptions can't. And, and you know what? And it's interesting research that's being done uh, because it is still, you know, um, a Schedule One drug. I would not be one that that would be down for like legalizing all psychedelics. I know that Oakland, there's a project that's being worked on in Oakland right in Oakland right now that would fully legalize shrooms in Oakland. Legalize I'm not there. Is it? Uh, I'm definitely not there. But I do think that there's important research that is being done in clinical settings with therapists that are helping folks who are suffering through PTSD. Yeah. Who have depression that the pharmaceuticals can't help that uh, like what do they call it? like uh, you know drug resistant depression um you also have there was an interesting story of a woman 74 years old who had battled cancer mm-hmm. and had fought and won the battle with cancer but the anxiety of the cancer can- coming back had crippled her and so she again in one of these trials that they did at New York University um, took psilocybin took the the, uh, the psychedelic by the you way know, it's act- not spelled like you think it is <laughs> and um, <laughs> and it, it tremendously helped her with her anxiety and allowed and her to get her life back it strikes me though and I, I felt this early on in the legalizing marijuana, whether medicinally mm-hmm. or recreationally, that the opposition to it is a lot of that opposition comes from the pharmaceutical world because the last thing they want is something competing with the drugs that they have. Yeah, I'm sure there's some of it that that's most definitely coming from the pharmaceutical, but I think a lot of it just comes from unknown Um you know, the, the big takeaway I got yesterday when when I was watching that that one show was don't don't compare what you may have done in a college dorm room with like LSD or ecstasy or uh, shrooms okay. to what's happening in a clinical setting, because they, they said very that there, different. Were, there were three things. and I thought this was interesting. There are three things that make the clinical setting different. It, it's one, the setting. Okay. Right. You've got therapists around you. Controlled. It's, it's the dosage. You know exactly how much And it's you're also taking. what's your mindset. Because if you don't have those three things right, 
it can go horribly wrong. I'll take your word for it. And well, and I'm, I'm sure that there are people listening right now that are like, okay, yeah, back in the 60s, it, it didn't go so well. Why would you want to do this now? Well, there's interesting research in Santa Cruz, the latest city to decriminalize magic mushrooms. It sounds a heck of a lot like the arguments and the stories around marijuana early on. Sounds similar. Yeah, you know, and I'm for the legalization of recreational marijuana. I, I'm not at the legalization of recreational psychedelics. You want to use them for medicine and I don't, therapy? I'm okay with that. I don't think it should be against the law to ingest a plant or vegetable. Careful what plant or vegetable you ingest. Same. It shouldn't be it against may not the go law. the way you think it yeah, does. Yeah, that's fine. It's up to you. I just don't think you're being under the law. But maybe you're going to need shrooms just to get to work and back. Right? How much stress does your daily commute get? Well, we'll talk about how it's affecting you coming up next. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. You know, we're keeping an eye on this coronavirus. Uh, we we uh, have a new threshold broken in the United States. We, have the, we have the first indirect person-to-person transmission of the coronavirus confirmed in Illinois where a woman who had visited China came home and has passed it on to her spouse. All right. So that's it's in Illinois. Yeah. We'll just keep uh, keep our eye on I it. I think it's the really fear is that that's what happens at ASU. That's the fear. Obviously, that's, that's the fear, right? That's the fear. Yeah. yeah. I've never been to China, but how do I know if you have? Um, it's interesting when you think about the morning commute, because you and I have very different commutes. Do we have to go here? Very different commutes. I can probably get from my garage to the radio station quicker than you can get out of your neighborhood. I can get from this chair to your chair to smack you upside the head faster than you can blink. Yeah. All right. Yes. Uh, you, I could spit on your house right now. And she has. Oh, Just man. From the there. radio station. I live in Gilbert. Uh, I come to, you know, what, 16th Street Northern every single day here for the radio station. And I've been doing that for, what, 10 years? Uh, wow. And it's anywhere from, on a good day, 45 minutes. 45-minute commute one way. And then if there's... If it's bad... A manure spreader jackknifed uh, on the 60. It's been an hour and yeah. 10 minutes, and that's Woo. when you guys get the text from me, start without me, I'll Start without I'll me, I'll be there. See you when I see you. Yeah. And they know this because everyone's getting the alerts in our news sure. department and, and Detour Dan's all over it on Arizona's Morning News. But I, I came across this story, and I go, yep, that's me. And, and Bruce, can I just say, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Port KY. Uh, so many of us... In fact, a third of us Mm -hmm. who commute to work, and when I say commute, I mean, you know, commute, not like Bruce. Bruce drives to work. I commute to work. (laughs) Are so fired up and full of anxiety before we even step foot in the office. So uh, I admit that I'm one of those people when I had to do that. And it was one of the driving factors in choosing a place to live that I could see the office from. <laughs> that I could spit on? Is that what it is? <laughs> like when I, the last two two houses, I, I said, well, here's where I work. And I drew a circle. I think we drew like a two mile, three mile circle. And I go, I don't care where I live. It just has to be within the circle. Because I 
could not handle coming in from all white Tukey every day, yeah. going all the way down Pecos Road before the 202, and then sitting in I-10 bumper-to-bumper traffic from Chandler Boulevard uh, all the way up uh, uh, to the 51 and then north to up to northern where we are. I just couldn't handle it. Yeah, you know, I, I guess for me, th- this isn't an all-or-nothing type of scenario. Do I come into work amped every single day? Don't answer that. You're no. feeling agitated. This is rhetorical. Yes, okay, okay. okay right. uh, I don't Important. feel it every single day. Does it happen? Sure, absolutely it happens. Thank goodness it hasn't happened in a while. But uh, it's not every day. And and for me, I think I, I try to make the most of my commute, as I know a lot of you do out there. Like, I show prep on the way into work. I'm listening to so much, getting ideas for the show on my way into work. And then when I head home, I'm usually listening to some sort of podcast and learning. So I make the most of my commute. And there are those days, you know, you and I have to crack the mic and, and unfortunately have to tell people all too often about the horrible things that are happening in this sure. world. And on those days, the commute home is a real blessing. Oh. I like having that space to drive home listening to jazz, <laughs> listening to rain, or listening to... Smooth jazz. Yes, exactly. Or listening to absolutely listening nothing. To I do. I do. I have the app on oh, my phone. Oh, okay. I was going to say, it doesn't rain on you that often here. No, you no, actually no. have the, the, the have sound the maker. Yeah, that, that has like the rain with the crackling fire. Okay, like uh, I try to transport myself someplace, um, someplace else and get my zen on in my car um, because it, it, it just I need that space sometimes. And I feel like if if I had your commute, I would I would take... The, the the hardships of the day uh, home okay. with me, okay. and that gives me some space and some separation. It gives you it decompression time. Yeah. yeah, but a third, a third of commuters say they are stressed I out got it. before they set foot in the door of, of, of their work. Do you know what else stresses me out on my commute into work when there is uh, some major traffic accidents that's yeah. shutting this down or really restricting traffic, and I've got the alert from KTIR and Detour yep. Dance telling me to go someplace else. I put it into like Google Google Maps. Sure. And they're constantly telling me to go in certain directions. Like, this will save you six minutes. Right. Okay. I'll take it so it saves me six minutes. And I look at when it says I should arrive at work. They keep moving the goalpost. They do. It's like, uh, they don't even tell you. No, we've just added an additional 20 minutes to your commute. So I'm on all these side roads thinking I'm doing what I'm supposed to do to get to work faster, when in essence, it's just making it longer and therefore stressing me out. Those are the days, Bruce, where I should just walk into our office and go, Bruce, Super Producer Stevie Z. Sorry. <laughs> and Brian wanted to point out. What did Brian say? To pour some salt in the Pamela wound. Oh, geez, Brian. Why Why we, you got to be like that, man? We talked about this earlier. Oh. The most... The most disruptive freeway thing. Yeah, that yeah. Uh, I 10 construction, basically everywhere you think I 10 is, is coming next year. And uh, if you think traffic's bad now, just wait till they restrict I 10 down to half a lane. I'm, I'm getting my my oh, rain, your... my rain, and my fire crackling app right now. I'm not listening to you, Brian. I'm not listening to you. Oh. All right, there you go. I feel so much more relaxed. Checking the headlines on the way, and then we're going to back. We have a guest uh, joining us, State Senator Kate Brophy McGee. She is behind a ballot initiative, a proposed ballot initiative that would increase the state sales tax to pay for education. We'll learn more about it from State Senator Kate Brophy-McGee. Coming up next on Arizona's News Station.